Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. Today on Accent of Women, we look at a local campaign in Melbourne, Victoria, to defend and extend public housing. Victoria's public housing is being privatised by stealth. It's being replaced by what's termed social housing, but this term is misleading. Meanwhile, there's a housing crisis with thousands of people barely being able to afford rent or mortgage repayments. Public housing is being handed over to housing associations. These can pick and choose future tenants with the result that the most disadvantaged people are often excluded. Housing associations are supposedly expected to take up to 50% of their tenants from the public housing waiting list, but some take only a third of their tenants from this list. Furthermore, rents can be increased to levels that are unaffordable for those on low incomes. For people living in public housing, rent is set at 25% of combined household income, which means that it will be reduced if people lose their jobs. This is not the case in social housing run by housing associations. On today's Accent of Women, we will learn more about the Labor Victorian government's plans in relation to the Public Housing Renewal Project and the social impacts that this will have. To begin with, Yasmin Shamsili. She's a part of the Public Housing Defence Network and starts off by explaining what Labor's plans are. So the Victorian Labor government plans to demolish nine of the inner city housing estates, the most valuable properties in um, in Melbourne. So they plan to demolish the nine inner city estates and then sell more than half of that land to private developers. And then on the remaining sections of the land, they're claiming that they're going to be increasing public housing stock by 10%. Uh, but what they're actually doing is decreasing the number of bedrooms uh, that they're rebuilding that's allocated for those um, public housing tenants. So overall, it's not only an enormous land grab by private developers, but it's also going to be decreasing the number of um, people who are allowed back into those homes who are going to be who are going to be kicked out. So what's the Liberal Party's position on this? And also, what's the track record of both Labor and the Liberal Party on public housing in Victoria? Uh, Well, the Liberal Party's position uh, is... um, It's shaped by the fact that they're in opposition. So uh, on one hand, they have a bit of an interest in in exploiting the Labor Party's um, weaknesses especially on this issue, and so they have uh, they, they have a long uh, and quite dirty track record when it does come to public housing. So they have actively neglected um, all of the public housing estates for the years between 2010 and 2014 that they were um, in government in Victoria. They, um, you know, they continually failed to provide adequate maintenance, and uh, we've just continued to see the estates um, get... Uh, more and more um, kind of dishevelled and um, neglected. But, um, yeah, now that they're in opposition, they, um, they're they saying that they're going to evaluate 
whether the um, whether the inner city estate should be demolished, kind of case by case. So we've seen that um, in Ashburton, uh, there was an example of the Greens and the Liberals uh, blocking together to um, to block the redevelopment of um, that particular estate, um, and so. That was good, but in no way are the Liberals um, friends of public housing tenants or activists. So in relation to, I mean, you talked about the redevelopment, you've talked about the sale of a significant portion of land to private developers, and then you talked about uh, this kind of interesting use of statistics to argue that um, Mm. they're actually expanding public housing but they're reducing the the Labor government is actually reducing the number of bedrooms. In yeah. in addition to that, though, some of this public housing stock is being transferred to community housing, and I'm um, curiously want to know what the difference is between those two forms of housing, and I guess also how that's different to private rental. Yeah, I think that's a it's a really good question because it cuts to the heart of the the trickery of the uh, Labor government in relation to public housing at the moment. They're they're basically basically inventing uh, new words to conceal the fact that they're not going to be, and they're not committing to building public housing, but instead are going to be building community housing. Uh, So what you specifically asked about. So they're talking about, um, uh, they've, they've invented this umbrella term, social housing. So social housing can refer to either public housing or community housing. Currently, the estates are occupied by public housing tenants. So what that means is that you have uh, uh, tenants who um, who live um, in the houses and have a lease with the um, with the government from um, and, and it's the government's responsibility to maintain their um, their estates. And so, if there are any concerns that they have, if they need any maintenance, if there are any issues, um, the government effectively acts as their landlord. And the conditions um, are, um, are quite good compared to the community housing sector. And so, with public housing, you get um, uh, you only your rent is capped at about twenty five percent of your income, um, and you have a more permanent um, uh, a more permanent stay. So some people who have been in public housing for a few decades, for example, however, with community housing, the key difference is that instead of the government uh, overseeing the um, the units and the tenants and so on, it's uh, different organisations within the community sector and, um, and a lot of the um, benefits that come from um, public housing don't exist. So you don't have the same level of, um, of rent capping. You don't have uh, necessarily the fixed long-term um, contact, contracts where the tenants can stay in public housing for a long period of time. Um, and also kind of underlying some of those problems is the fact that the community housing organisations, they all kind of compete with one another uh, to get uh, contracts with the government to oversee some of, um, some of the estates. So what that means is that they're constantly under pressure to prove themselves um, to the government to say that they can um, run the estates efficiently, that they um, can move people out of public housing quickly into the private market and so on. And so all of that just means that um, there's pressure on the community housing organisations that administer community housing to not really live up to a lot of the expectations um, that tenants 
have and to just kind of quickly brush aside their concerns, try to um, try to move people into community, into um, private rental. And, um, and it's just a less secure uh, and, um, you know, quite a, quite a, well, now it's, it's known as quite a disastrous way of organising public housing. Like it has a reputation amongst a lot of um, public housing uh, tenants now as being something they wouldn't touch with a barge pole. Um, and then that's all different to private housing in the sense that um, if you're, you know, the rents in private housing are set by um, your private landlord. Well, let's look at what's actually going to happen tangibly on the ground, despite what the government is saying yeah. in relation to this initiative. So I guess in relation to the redevelopment and the demolition of various um, public housing properties, there are actual people living in these homes. What happens to yeah. those residents while the redevelopments and demolitions are occurring? Yeah, well, the whole process uh, has already been quite fraught in the sense that they've, um, there's been a series of, um, of consultations that have happened with the community. Um, uh, so um, there's there've been community meetings that um, the department has called on some of the estates, and um, they've had officers from the Department of Health and Human Services go around and door knock. Um, but overwhelmingly, uh, residents on these estates either uh, don't really know exactly what's happening, or are being um, or being basically sweet talked in various ways. So, um, what the what the process will look like is um, people are going to be um, relocated uh, for the duration of the renewal pro um, program. Um, so, for the duration of the demolition, uh, and so um, there've been um, a lot of people actually have been approached by the department's offices um, in their homes and been encouraged to sign relocation agreements. Um, and these relocation agreements have been presented uh, as if the tenants don't really have uh, much of a choice um, and have been kind of, um, yeah, it's all kind of been sweet-talked. And so a lot of people have signed on to relocation agreements, which um, which have basically mean they've signed a document saying that they agree to move and they agree to to not necessarily be relocated to public housing um, and to instead just accept whatever the government um, can offer them. So it's quite a it's quite a dubious process um, and a lot of people, yeah, they don't really know exactly, um, exactly when they're going to move, what's going to happen um, uh, and also whether they're going to be able to return. So that brings us to the other big why. So not only is there just totally inadequate consultation and um, kind of sweet talking, but then um, one of the biggest things the government is saying is that people are going to be able to uh, return to their estate. And that just is blatantly untrue, especially for families, because of the enormous reduction in um, three-bedroom units. In Northcote, there are only going to be five three-bedroom Units, um, whereas at the moment there's more than uh, there's like more than 50, 60 of them. So uh, it's just definitely going to be the case that people are going to have to move out. They're going to be rushed into into moving out. Or I'm not going to totally know the terms on which they're leaving, um, and then they're being promised that they're going to return, and that's just not um, possible by the um, numbers that the department themselves 
are putting out. Um, and it's just, it's, it's caused so many problems. Like, again, um, in Northcote's a really good example. It's one of the estates, Walker Street, that's going to be demolished. You've got people who um, are experiencing, um, you know, there's a lot of people who have, um, who have families and communities who have medical issues, who are, um, who are elderly, who um, can't really deal with the stress that they're, uh, and the pressure that they're being put under um, around... Um, around these relocations and the prospect of being, you know, moved away from uh, from your community and your friends and your family, your hospital, your, um, you know, your um, your local GP, your whole life um, is uh, is really really unfortunate. And I don't think there's really been um, adequate yeah consultation. There's no um, adequate plan or anything. And you know, a lot of people are saying um, that. They do want their estates to be fixed. They do want them to be maintained and renewed. But the renewal program just isn't that. And so there's a whole section of people who um, who are, are being convinced um, of the kind of virtues of the plan, but um, only on the basis that um, you know they're just going to um, just fix up fix up the estate and you know fix the fix the laundry and fix the mold on the walls and. Um, and do all these urgent repairs and then people get to move back into nice refurbished um, homes. But it's just, it's just blatantly not true and it's going to be extremely, um, extremely disruptive to people's lives. Yasmin Shamsali from the Public Housing Defence Network. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. Ayan Mohammed is a community organiser and also a public housing tenant since 1995. Her family was moved out of Carlton during the redevelopment of the housing estates there in 2007. Here's what Ayan has to say. In 2006, our family received um, some notices um, about us potentially um, and moving away, relocating, and then returning in the future to these redeveloped flats. So um, I never went to any of the meetings and neither did the rest of the family. So um, when we were moving out, uh, before we moved out, they gave us two options. One was uh, this new place in Kensington. So um, one of the housing officials drove us to the place in Kensington. We had a look around. Everything was very nice. But unfortunately, because none of us drove, it would have been hard for us to, you know, get around um, late at night because Carlton, we could always walk home from the city even when the public public transport wasn't working. So we said, we told her, thank you, but no thank you. And would there be any other options um, in Carlton? So she gave us the option of returning to Carlton, but living on Nicholson Street. So not on Rathdown. So we moved from Rathdown to Nicholson. And then um, a few years go by, and close to 2011, um, we, we start to get ready to move back to our old place. So we moved back. Um, I find that a lot of the residents, um, I don't recognise a lot of the residents um, uh, because when they redeveloped the area, um, a lot of the residents were moved off to different locations and not everybody could return. 
and those who did return were on a priority list. So at the time, it was only my mother who worked, me and my sis, me and my sisters, two sisters. We didn't work, so we were allowed to move back. And because of that, a lot of the people that we knew that we lived in the same building,、um, they ended up being relocated in other areas, and、um, a few、um, ended up moving. To the new building, so we did recognise a few faces, but the rest of the faces they were all、um, new, so they had lived in the same area but in different apartment buildings. So we didn't know who they were.、Um, yeah, so that was in 2011, and I've lived there ever since. Was the process disruptive for you? Was it stressful for you? I mean, the the state government is promoting these redevelopments and relocations, like people are going to be taken care of. Did you experience being taken care of?、Um, for us, I think our family we were coming from a position of being very grateful, so there was not there we there, we didn't question the decision. We thought this was. The normal process. We thought, look, the government is redeveloping our area, so tech. So we can't really. We have no、um, footing to complain. So、um, a lot of the decisions were made for us.、Um, there were opportunities to go to meetings, but、um, at that time we were going to uni. My mum was working, so it was always at a、um, unsuitable hour. So we never really had a say in. The decision-making process and the opportunities that we did have, I think we were very hesitant、um, because my mother came from a、um, she came to Australia as a refugee with us, so it's that mentality of survival. So everything that you're given is it's it's sort of like you're always thankful. There wasn't much resistance.、Um, So yeah, we we sort of went with the program, and it was only until I got older that I realised, you know, the enormity of the situation and and how we were pretty much taken for a ride. So, in relation to the state government's proposals now to redevelop five public housing estates and to basically carve them up, make them a little bit smaller, and expand the number of households, but reduce the number of people that can be in that kind of housing, what are your thoughts on that? I,、um, I'm, I'm afraid that the people won't have a lot of say,、um, only because. I've been to a few of the meetings, and not a lot of the residents turn up. And I think, knowing my own position and what I went through, I think a lot of the residents are very hesitant.、Um, they don't want to be seen as troublemakers. So、um, I think they might miss out on, you know, key opportunities to、um, fight against the government's redevelopment. And and unfortunately. Not everyone would be able to move back. So even though the government is selling this as you know everyone will move back,、um, I don't think they're being as transparent as they should be. Because for us, we assumed everybody would would be returning. You know, we had no idea that there was a there was conditions put on the return. You know, so it was it wasn't says you know they they do more two and three bedroom apartments. Where before there was like four bedroom apartments, and and what would happen is now that bigger families it would be harder for them to return. 
to two-bedroom apartments. Like, it wouldn't make sense. And I think what people should be aware of is where they're relocated because the places that they're relocated might not have the same um, services. So they might not be near the same public transport. They might not have the same public transport access that they have now. You know, people might not have the same health services. I, I know growing up in Carlton, I was fortunate to have YMCA. So a lot of the programs, holiday programs that I was a part of was due to um, the organization of YMCA. And YMCA was located like, you know, a few minutes walk from my building. So um, I'm afraid that people will be put in locations that are unsuitable because not everybody drives, not everyone has access to vehicles. So um, I'm really wary and I don't, I think people will be, people are going to be sold a lie, um, and I'm, I'm hoping that the community, I'm hoping, the community will come out more. But right now, there doesn't seem to be much. There doesn't, there doesn't seem to be big numbers coming out, and I understand why. So I think now it's just a matter of, um, you know, finding out how to organise and how to mobilise the community. So it's not just you know outside people from the outside assisting us. Well, tell me about the, the campaign group. Obviously, this group is designed to try and halt what the Labor government is doing. What actions are you taking and what's being organised? The Public Housing Defence Network is the group of, um, of tenants and activists from around Melbourne. So we, um, uh, we have a lot of tenants who are from the various estates um, who are getting organised and who are their supporters. We um, do everything from organised uh, protests, so on some of the estates, to raise awareness about what's happening to the community there and to try to drum up some media attention because um, obviously it's not the case that the, um, the Victorian Labor government wants to encourage the media to, um, to cover this. So we want to have protests. We, um, we do a lot of... Uh, we do a lot of door knocking as well. So we go around to the different estates and we talk to people about what's actually happening, distribute information, um, let people know about the privatisations and the um, the kind of the myths. Um, uh, we do a lot of myth busting when we're talking to people face to face, and um, and through that process, we we want to help um, people get organised themselves on their estates. And there are a number of um, tenants groups. Um, and meetings that, that happen, um, which is really brilliant to see. So people uh, kind of out of the blue organise their own uh, meetings or, um, or we've assisted people in organising meetings um, as well on their estates. And we want to keep that going and help um, the tenants on those estates um, organise themselves. We also organise forums and informational events um, uh, and we sometimes disrupt uh, do things that are a bit more disruptive. So um, when there are, uh, like recently in Ascot Vale, one of the largest estates, some of the most, um, it's known as the jewel and the crown of the uh, renewal program in Ascot Vale, um, when there was drilling that was announced, um, uh, drilling for soil samples by the department, um, which was going to be the beginning of the demolition process, we organised uh, a picket where we um, we protested and um, tried to disrupt that happening, and they ended up cancelling it, which was a um, a great victory for us. But um, uh, yeah, so you can see there's a broad range of things we do, from protesting to um, to picketing to having informational events and door knocking um, and protesting, all that all that sort of stuff. Well, 
As a final question in that case, and of course we do want people to get involved in the campaign, but ultimately what do you think it'll take to fix Victoria's housing crisis? Uh, well, I think it would... Um, it's going to take a lot, and uh, it's not helped by the fact that at the moment I think the Victorian Labor government is really winning the ideas war. Um, they've really... Um, you know, they've very much hushed this up in the press. They've um, got a lot of the major government backs, um, public housing associations on side, um, all with the promise of building more public housing and um, renewing it. Um, so we've got quite a big battle on our hands. I think it's going to take um, really activists just like um, just like everyone who we're appealing to to get involved and people who have been involved and tenants um, making a bit of a fuss. So it's going to mean um, having protests that get media attention, um, spreading awareness on the estates, and um, and also in the lead-up to the Victorian elections, um, really quite seriously um, bringing attention to this as one of the major crises in, um, in Victoria that's often not spoken about. Like, even just in terms of like, putting aside the question of homelessness, which is just ballooning out of proportion um, in, uh, in Victoria... In terms of public housing, there are already 35,000 people on the wait list and there's about 12,000 people on the emergency list for public housing. And um, the government themselves admit that if the process was more uh, accessible, that figure of 35,000 would double. So you'd have more than 60,000 people on the waiting list. So it's just, you know, you, what, we'd, what we're calling for is not only a halting of this so-called public housing renewal program, um, so not demolishing the estates, but actually relaunching um, quite a serious investigation into, um, into the state of public housing um, and putting forward a, a plan to rebuild, um, rebuild public housing and um, actually increase the number of public housing uh, units that are available. Um, and instead of selling off the lands, um, buying more land and building more units and then, um, you know, beginning to tackle some of these issues in that way. That was Yasmin Shamsali and before her, Ayan Mohammed speaking about the Victorian state Labor government's public housing renewal program and the social impacts this privatisation plan will have. If you're in Melbourne, Victoria, and you want to get involved in this campaign, Google Friends of Public Housing Victoria or message them on Facebook. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.